Today, we are taking a trip across the Korean peninsula and down to the beautiful and pristine island of Jeju Island. We're going to be talking about K-Beauty's obsession with Jeju Island. If you've ever looked at a K-Beauty product and wondered either what is Jeju or why do so many K-Beauty ingredients seem to come from there, you are not alone. Today, we are turning the spotlight on Jeju, its ingredients, and how some K-beauty companies have managed to create an entire brand around the place. Welcome to the show. This is where we talk all things K-beauty, and I am your host, Lauren Lee. I'm the founder of Australia's first online K-beauty store, Style Story, and also K-beauty skincare brand, Jellico, where we create deliciously tasty skincare. You are in the right place if you're looking to perfect your routine, find out all about how things are being done on the ground here in Korea, the K-beauty secrets that you've always wanted to know, or if you're just missing a bit of Korea. If you haven't been able to get over here in the past few years, I know a lot of our listeners are reminiscing and thinking back to the time that they spent in Korea if they haven't been able to get over here in a little while because of the pandemic. So if you fall into that category, you are super welcome. Glad to have you here. Uh, If you like taking a look around the streets of Korea and seeing, you know, what's going on here uh, in the different suburbs with restaurants, um, attractions and things like that, then please come and follow me on the gram as well because I'm regularly posting about my daily life life here in Korea and the things that I'm getting up to. So I am at lauren.kbeauty. I know that there's definitely more than a few people that are following along because they're like, I really miss Korea. Um, and I like to, you know, get a sense of what, what's going on over there because I haven't been back for a while. So if you fall into that category, then you are very, very welcome. And I hope that you'll have some fun listening to the show. So to start off with today's K-Beauty news headlines. This was quite um, a, I think, out there headline. The headline I read was K-Beauty caught by the ankle due to container shortages. Well, that's how I'm translating it. This was, of course, uh, a news article in Korean, but that is what the the headline was. Basically, that K-Beauty are not in a good spot place. (laughs) I'm struggling to get my words out this morning. K-Beauty not in a good place due to container shortages. So guys, this has been an ongoing problem. And I know we have been facing it increasingly more and more. There is a really big disruption happening around the world in shipping and logistics. uh, And that's partly due to port congestion. So at the various ports in all the countries around the world, there is a lack of people to unload everything at the ports. And that's obviously directly due to the impacts of coronavirus. Uh, I know, for example, at the ports in uh, Sydney, because everyone is having to keep really socially distanced, they can't put on as many workers as they normally do to help clear the ships. So what's happening is that the ships and containers are both being really tied up. Um, and there's just a roll-on effect with people that are trying to export across the world is that they can't get the access to the ships that they need because, you know, what used to be a pretty quick and tight turnaround process is taking so much longer. It takes longer for the boats to then come back and then reload. So this news article was talking all about that. 
uh, and the various different exporting industries that have been affected by this in Korea. Now, uh, Korea's biggest exports tend to be in things like semiconductors, electronics, and their petrochemical products, um, but also obviously a lot of cosmetics and textiles get shipped from here as well. Now, even though cosmetics and textiles tend to be cheaper uh, than their volume, they are suffering from a really vicious cycle of order cancellation and damages due to missing their shipping times. So I have really, really noticed this. This has been a problem since last year for us too at Star Story Angelico. Uh, everything is just taking so much longer and it's so much more expensive. Um, I can't count the number of times that um, the post office even in Korea has just completely cancelled their shipping service to Australia because there are no boats. So I was chatting to someone else the other day and she was, you know, uh, pulling her hair out and saying, a shipping container that used to cost $800 for her is now about four or $5,000. So that is a huge increase. If you're used to paying $800 for a container and it's now costing you four or $5,000 to ship the exact same stuff, um, but that's just the premium that people are putting on these containers. So you will notice this starting to trickle through for a lot of the consumer goods, particularly going into the end of this year. Um, this is not the only report I've read of this. I think CNN had something the other day in the news about it as well. So especially coming up into the, the Christmas, um, Thanksgiving, uh, New Year lead up, I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of this. You're going to be seeing a lot more products, you know, out of stock for longer. Uh, and that's basically just unavoidable. There is literally nothing we can do to get them there quicker. Um, you know, sometimes air freight is an option, but not always. Uh, and air freight is very, very expensive. So most of the time you're better off not sending it at all than sending it by air freight, just because any, you know, profit margin that would be in the products is completely eaten up by the air freight. So yeah, that is definitely going to keep being a problem until coronavirus clears up but I just thought I would bring that to your attention because I know on the consumer side it's not something that people really think about people are just like hey why are you guys always out of stock with my favorite product uh, and on our end as well it's like ripping hair out because we don't want to be out of stock but we can't get the stock there so it is a really vicious cycle at the moment and unfortunately everyone in the news is telling us that it's only going to get worse so yeah I think you guys will notice that coming up as well um, the other thing I wanted to talk to you guys about is I had an idea for the podcast where I could do like a one session Q&A every week. Like if you guys would like to submit a question to have answered, um, you know, K-beauty related, skincare related, it could even be like a personal routine recommendation question. And then I could answer it on the show for you. Let me know how you guys feel about something like that. I just thought that might be a little bit more fun um, and a better way of getting feedback on what you guys actually want, want to listen to. I know some people do from time to time give me like shows and episodes that they would like to hear and I love doing that um, but I was thinking you know sometimes the questions could just be a little bit quicker um, to answer you know maybe like a five minute kind of Q&A sort of thing so let me know your thoughts on that if and also I guess if you have a question that you would like to submit for the segment uh, if you are keen for it drop into my DMs and just let me know because that would be helpful to gauge your reaction 
attraction and interest to that kind of thing. So lauren.kbeauty on Instagram is where you can find me and just let me know if you have any immediate thoughts, feelings, reactions to that kind of an idea. All right, so Jeju Island, guys. And it is not Jeju or Jeju, which I've seen um, some foreigners just don't know how to pronounce it. So it's actually in Korean, Jeju-do, which is Jeju Island. So you will sometimes see it referred to as Jeju-do and sometimes as Jeju Island. But it's not Jeju or Jeju or anything like that. It's Jeju. So this is... A lot of people will tell you, oh, this is the Hawaii of Korea. And I've never been to Hawaii myself, but the pictures look not dissimilar, I would say. But I think the main reason that people compare Jeju to Hawaii is because they are both volcanic islands. Um, so Halasan is the main mountain. Hala Mountain is uh, the main mountain on Jeju-do. And they... Basically, the whole island sort of revolves around uh, around the mountain. It has all of these really beautiful, beautiful natural um, spectacles and um, places that you can go and visit that have been created by um, volcanoes. So they're really, really impressive and, you know, a little bit different to what you see um, on other parts of the earth, I guess, that weren't touched by a volcano. So... It is a favorite hangout place for pretty much everyone in Korea, especially during summer. It's known for its pristine national beauty, uh, natural beauty rather. It is a UNESCO World Heritage listed um, site. They have a couple of beaches that are on the UNESCO World Heritage list. Um, really famous, obviously, for fresh seafood, horse riding, uh, golfing. And the other thing is, it is a great source of K-beauty ingredients. So the reason that there are so many K-beauty ingredients that come from Jeju is because of this lush landscape. So it's got volcanic ash-infused soil, and that tends to, I guess, promote uh, various different types of things to grow in that soil. So some of the things that you will find that grow really well on Jeju is uh, camellia, green tea, uh, red ginseng, a whole host of other things. Uh, Horse oil from Jeju is also quite famous in Korea as well. Uh, So lots of Koreans hang out there in summer for obvious reasons. It's got the beach. Uh, It's a really popular honeymoon destination for people after they get married. Basically everyone loves Jeju Island. I mean, what's not to love about a tropical island that's really famous for its great fresh food, fresh seafood. Uh, It's got lots of different like museums and things you can go and visit. Lots of natural landscapes that you can't see anywhere else. I am a massive, massive fan of holidaying on Jeju Island, but let's talk about some of the must-have beauty ingredients from Jeju. So honestly, the list of things that companies have plucked from Jeju Island and put in their cosmetics is very, very long. So some of them include uh, volcanic clusters, orchids, Bija, something called bija, which actually is just the Korean word for nutmeg. Uh, Camellia, which is a type of flower. Canola honey. 
uh, sea mustard, green apple, cherry blossoms, lava water, uh, and halabong, which is a type of citrus fruit. So all of these kind of things uh, make their way into Korean cosmetics. So it can be kind of hard to know where to start. So I thought, why don't I do today a run through of some of the most popular ingredients from Jeju Island? So the first one and the one that I see probably the most mentioned is volcanic scoria. So this is basically really, really, really popular in K-beauty and that's because it has a whole host of skin-loving properties uh, that leave skin tighter, firmer, and also blemish-free. So what exactly is it? If you've ever looked at uh, a K-beauty product and gone volcanic scoria, like I guess that comes from a volcano, but I'm not quite sure what, it's actually formed straight from the volcanic lava that has cooled and hardened after a volcanic eruption. So it's actually quite rare if you think about it. So that's what it is. Now, what does it do? It's able to absorb sebum and oil in the skin very effectively. And that's why you will most frequently see it in cosmetics that are targeting uh, acne prone skin, oily skin, and of course combination skin. So the idea is that it can wash away impurities lodged within the pores without drying out the skin. Uh, and that just helps to give you a better skin texture and leave skin, particularly oily skin, feeling uh, matte, clean and fresh. So you will find this in a lot of different products. Uh, clay masks, including the all-time best-selling Innisfree Jeju Volcanic pore clay mask but you could also check it out in a cleanser variety as well Innisfree has their Jeju volcanic pore cleansing foam and both of those are up on the style story website so you can grab them to try um, out volcanic scoria the other thing I would say is that look we are essentially talking about uh, something that has many of the benefits of a clay so if for whatever reason you can't get your hands on this volcanic scoria ingredient but like the sound of some of those sebum absorbing uh, and textural improving benefits then I would just look for something that has one of your typical clays in it uh, so kaolin um, green clay all of those kind of things will work in a very uh, similar way and obviously they are in a whole lot of different k-beauty products uh, including Subi's hollow dream pore minimizing mask so lots of different options if you want to get those benefits but can't quite find something from uh, Jeju or if you've tried the ones from Jeju and just want you know to try uh, a few different formulations out obviously the formulations can vary a lot uh, the Innisfree Jeju Volcanic Pore Clay Mask is quite a thick texture and I remember when they first bought that product out well or not long after it had a really really short shelf life as well it was like you had to use it within three months of opening the pot um, and for someone like me that has dry skin, I only do uh, a clay mask like once a week. So I would find that I was not getting through the whole thing. They have since changed the formula several times. Uh, and I'm pretty sure it just has a standard shelf life now. Um, but again, that is more of a, I would say, a product for people that do tend on the really, really oily side. Whereas, you know, there are other products on the market that are better for people that have dry skin as well. So you might need to do a little bit of playing around to find the right one for you but that is a popular um, ingredient that you will definitely see in a lot of products now the second one is camellia 
So this is a really beautiful uh, plant uh, and it's naturally, it's really high in naturally occurring antioxidants. And it also thrives in uh, harsh surroundings and weather, which is why I guess it grows so well on Jeju. So Jeju, even though it is um, this like island paradise, it actually can snow there as well in winter. So they really do get, um, I guess, the brunt of four different seasons worth of weather. So anything that grows in Jeju tends to be quite hardy. <clears throat> now, what does it do? So obviously it's a really popular skincare and hair care ingredient. Uh, and that the reason for that is that it evokes strength and vitality and it penetrates really deep into the skin and hair to promote uh, cell growth. So some of the natural vitamins that are in camellia include things like vitamin A, vitamin B, vitamin D and E. Uh, so all really great ingredients in their own right and they're just naturally occurring in camellia. So it's often, I see, I see it most often extracted as an oil, I would say. Uh, and when it is in its oil form, it is easily absorbed. It's non-greasy. So it's just a really nice moisturizing ingredient. Uh, it keeps skin supple and it has a high composition of oleic fatty acids as well, uh, which makes it a great uh, emollient. So I know we've spoken about oleic fatty acids on the show before, but the camellia oil is full of them. So this is a really nice one. Uh, so I guess a bit of the history of camellia oil is that it has been harvested for centuries by women in Korea. Um, it's a winter blooming flower, which is a little bit different, I guess. Uh, and it was always, you know, people were like, anyone that has really glowing skin and long lustrous hair has used camellia oil. That was kind of who it was thought to be for and who used to use it. So it has quite a famous and long history on Jeju Island. Now, if you are happen to be on the island and you want Want to find them growing there is a site on Gotawa that's one of the best places to see camellias on as well so I think I've already talked about what k-beauty products you'll find it in um it's very very versatile so hair products oils um, and if you're looking for brands that do have camellia based products Arborean has some Blossom Jeju, uh, Sorasu, and even Innisfree as well has some camellia-based products from Jeju Island. So check those out if you are wanting to try it out. Now, the third ingredient, and this one is so, so popular, uh, whether it's from Jeju or not, is green tea. So obviously it's long been proven to have great anti-inflammatory properties. It is a calming and a cooling ingredient, so it can leave skin feeling smooth, supple, and deeply hydrated. So Jeju, why Jeju green tea, I guess you could ask, and that's because Jeju, uh, the, 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 tea, the green tea that is harvested from from Jeju Island has a bit of a unique quality to it and that's because it's in a volcanic zone so and it's located between mountains and seawater so it is a really really uh, beautiful ingredient to obviously use in cosmetics uh, it can help uh, deactivate free radicals in the skin which of course helps us with our signs of aging so who should use green tea Obviously, people that have sensitive or irritable skin types will find it a really great addition to their skincare routines, but it also has really good 
depuffing qualities when it's used in eye products as well. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever tried putting like tea bags underneath your eyes to depuff them if you wake up with puffy eyes in the morning. A lot of people will swear by that. I remember when I woke up on the morning of my wedding, for some reason I had puffy eyes and my hairdresser was like, quick, go and grab the green tea. So I, I did like green tea eye bags to help like green tea bags to help with my eye bags on the morning of my wedding so that's obviously like the um the very low budget way to do it or else you can find it in like a nicely formulated product as well so you will find this in too many korean beauty products to count honestly k beauty loves incorporating green tea generally into its skincare products but particularly jeju green tea because it is just such a massive selling point so i think everyone will have heard of innisfree's green tea seed serum a beautiful product for oily skin um, and they've sold so many billions of it i think um I, I, I tend to see that product in articles that's like one of these sold every, you know, five seconds or something like that. I'm not sure exactly how many seconds apart people buy one, but needless to say, it's a really, really, really cult product. Um, so that's a great one to try if you do tend towards the more oily combination side. Uh, and then another nice product uh, for pretty much all skin types, I would say, is ISN Trees Green Tea Fresh Toner. That has Jeju Green Tea as well. Uh, Tosawong's Pure Green Tea Mask is a very, very beautiful product. Uh, so lots and lots of different options there for you if you would like to try some green tea. And I guess that's also one of the main highlights for a lot of people when they go to uh, Jeju-do is to either eat like a green tea ice cream or drink green tea from Jeju. So there's so many places on the island where you can go and do that. I would highly recommend doing that if you haven't already. I'm pretty sure I went to a museum as well dedicated to green tea. It was a while ago, but I'm pretty sure I've done something like that on Jeju so lots the, basically the whole local industry I guess incorporates all of these different things so that you can actually experience the best of you know Jeju's natural wonders while you're there so you, you know you can eat them you can drink them you can put them on your skin you can put them on your hair so that's really really nice um, and there are a, that brings me to my next point which is brands that really lean in to their connections to Jeju Island so I think obviously the most the one that would stick out in people's minds the most is Innisfree so I'm not sure if how familiar you guys are with the backstory I guess of Innisfree but basically the whole concept for the brand was naturalism they wanted to uh, focus on using natural ingredients in their formulas and their connection with jeju actually goes back several decades so the founder of amore pacific who is someone that is now deceased has now passed away used to cultivate a green tea field on jeju island uh so they really had i guess from their from the brand's inception this idea to like revive traditional tea culture in korea so what they were doing was using the green tea from the leaves that they had grown they started brewing it as a tea and then after studying it as well they found the i guess 
uh, potential for green tea as a cosmetic ingredient and they started making their cosmetics with green tea as well. So the company really, really hit it big with their green tea balancing line after they launched and that used uh, Jeju green tea and basically it became a huge hit and transformed the company into one of the leading cosmetic brands in Korea. Now you will know if you have been listening to this podcast for a while that Innisfree is not just like an indie beauty brand. This is actually falling under the umbrella of Amore Pacific. So one of the largest beauty conglomerates in the world. So this is no like mum and pop brewing tea out the back and just putting in their products. This is a really major corporation, um, a huge, huge company with a lot of money to put behind their advertising and all of that. And that's why I guess you will find Innisfree in most uh, most countries in the world. They've got a lot of offline stores as well, uh, pretty much all over. And that's why this is a massive marketing machine behind the brand as well. But that is probably one of the brands that um, really does lean into their connection to Jeju Island, I would say. Some brands that you may not have heard of that do uh, this as well. So there's a brand called Jeju On, uh, and they this is a really interesting brand because they have actually developed all of their products at the Natural Products Research Center in Jeju Island. And unlike other brands, they manufacture on a plant in Jeju Island as well, using raw materials directly collected from the local farms. So they are, well, they say they are the only brand in Korea that performs its entire process in Jeju only. Uh, so that is just a, a really, really unique brand, I guess, in, t- uh, in terms of what they're trying to do. I actually love that concept of using the raw materials directly from the farm and then putting them in the cosmetics. Um, so that's a, a good brand to check out if you're wanting to support a smaller brand. Uh, Blossom Jeju, obviously, they have a really, really popular camellia oil um, and their their brand concept is very closely linked to Jeju Island. And then there's a brand called Akorje, which is actually run by a Korean ODM and OEM. So uh, uh a manufacturing company but what they're doing is they've specialized in jeju based cosmetics for many years and they're now running their own brand to i guess showcase their expertise in making jeju based cosmetics so they're some of the the brands to look out for um but i mean lots of brands do regularly use ingredients from jeju island so skin food does isn tree does um now, the, uh, I, I've seen a few brands that seem to be doing Jeju, Mugwort and Artemisia based products at the moment, but I'm not entirely sure um, where the Mugwort is sourced from, if it is from Jeju or not. I'm not sure that the location of the Mugwort in particular is going to make that much difference to the product itself. Um, but if you are after mugwort based products, I've just, I've been seeing a lot of mugwort essences, uh, but I just wasn't able to figure out whether they are sourcing them from Jeju, but Misha, their Artemisia, um, mugwort essence, so Artemisia mugwort is the same thing. Sorry if I, that's a little bit confusing. So that one is a really popular mugwort based product. Um, 
And that's going to be, we're going to have that one on Style Story soon, actually, as well. Um, shipping containers situation pending. There is a container on the way, but we'll, as to when it will finally arrive and get unloaded off the docks, I'm not quite sure. But keep a lookout for that one if you are uh, keen to try out mugwort. So lots and lots of different ingredients. I mean, we could do multiple episodes just on um, <laughs> Jeju-based ingredients, I think. But just to let you know that there are a whole range of things that Jeju was really, really famous for. Canola honey. Now, that's one that when I first started out in K-Beauty, there used to be this really, really beautiful mask packs made from canola honey. Um, and I don't see them trending as much anymore, which is a real shame because that was a really, really beautiful ingredient. But you will see a lot of other things. So now from now on, if you do see this word Jeju on your cosmetics, you can go, aha, yep, okay, got it. It's an island, natural, you know, pure, clean, less polluted. That's where this is coming from. Basically, that's what the brands are trying to convey when they are leaning into their their credentials, that leaning into their je their closeness to Jeju Island. They're basically saying, I guess, to their Korean consumers, hey, we are using really great natural ingredients, um, so enjoy them. Uh, and yeah, now that you guys know that, you can decide whether how much you value that as well. Like, again, as I say, like, how much of this is like there's actually a real big difference in the quality of the ingredients? I am not entirely sure. I don't have my own green tea farm to study for decades to see if the green tea grown on Jeju is that much different from the green tea grown on the mainland. I'm not entirely sure, but it is a really, really nice story. It does give brands something to talk about. And, you know, Jeju is totally worth a trip. So if you are ever in Korea, definitely put aside a couple of days to fly over to Jeju. I wouldn't recommend taking a boat there because that will just eat into your holiday time. Fly over. It's about an hour or so from the mainland. It's really, really beautiful. Uh, and yeah, just take a look around and you'll be able to try a lot of these things for yourself. Um, yeah, it's just a super fun thing to do. I haven't been for years, actually, now that I'm talking about it, I'm like, ah, coronavirus. <laughs> all right, guys, that is all I had for you for this week. So I hope you've learned something new. And if you have, I would love if you would give me a rating and a little review if you have time. Other than that, I will see you on Start Story. Bye.